Good morning. Welcome and welcome to you online as well. I'm glad for those of you that are in the room that you are here. Are you warm enough? The last couple days, I was, uh, I was concerned for you because yesterday I came in, and sometimes I come in on Saturday for different reasons, but I wanted to check the temperature, and uh, this exact room was about 10 degrees Celsius. To the layman, that's freezing cold. Um, it's freezing when it should be about 20 degrees Celsius, and so uh, we did all we could to try to get things out. How are you feeling right now? Is it going to be all right? Yeah. Many are cold, but few are frozen. And so we're going to just keep going. It's, it's warm. It has warmed up to minus 17.5. And so we're, we're in the right direction, I guess. It sounds weird, but the rest of the week I, I heard good report from many uh, meteorologists in the room saying that it is going to continue to warm up. And regardless of, uh, of that groundhog the other day, uh, we're going to be okay. You guys good for a little while? You can always put your coat on, you can get another coffee, you can get some tea, you can do whatever you need to do. But we're so glad that you're with us today. For those of you, hopefully it's warm enough at, at home uh, or wherever you're viewing from today. Uh, we're in this series, we're continuing, we're in a new month, but we're, we're still kind of in the midst of this. And we've been looking at all these starting lines, Stephen, as he was just sharing and then praying, was um, just letting you know we're celebrating. Many people have taken a next step. And so the whole thing uh, that we're going through, these starting lines, is that we believe that every next step in your faith journey is a new starting line. And so people are taking us up on that, and they're, they're believing that. Uh, but more than what I'm saying or what we're saying uh, is that God is speaking to individuals. And so what you're going to see is that not only are individuals taking next steps, but, but families are taking next steps, and together as a church, we're taking next steps. And so uh, we, we need to see this as we talked about individuals sometimes stalling or getting stuck, uh, well, we don't want to be a church who's stalled or stuck. We want to go forward with what God is calling us to. And so we've been looking at these chairs, and uh, they're still the kids' chairs, and I'm, I'm no longer sitting in them, but the idea is that we need to move from one to the next, and the goal is to get to this, this chair here, not forgetting that you're, you're still part of seat number two and, and three, but that when you get here, you're a disciple-maker. You're making other disciples. You're helping people who want to come and see. You're giving them that invitation to come and see Jesus. Not come and see church necessarily, but that's part of it. Uh, whether it's in the home or in the church, wherever it might be, to come and see so that they have the opportunity to hear Jesus speak to them as he has to, to so many people over the years, follow me and be my disciple. That when someone feels like Jesus is saying that to them, they can act on that. They become a believer in that moment. Thankfully, it doesn't stay there, but we were just celebrating baptism. That would be a logical next step. And so we're going to provide more and more opportunities for that. There's micro steps, but then what we're actually going to look at today is that when you get to seat three, it's because you've heard Jesus, like he said, to his disciples, follow me. I'm going to show you how to fish for people. And so that's going to be the context uh, from the passage we're looking at today. Again, Dr. Dan Spader laid this out for us. And, um, and as we've been sharing uh, about it in general, that phrase, we're going to look at the passage of Scripture where we see this happen. We see this encounter, Jesus um, coming and, and then calling disciples to him for this purpose. And so we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 12. And so this is after Jesus has been baptized. Jesus has been led into the wilderness. Um, he has actually been, been tested, been tempted um, by Satan. And, 
and then uh, he makes it through that period of time, and now he's beginning his ministry, and he's about to bring others along on the journey. So that brings us up to, to verse 12, where it says, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, that's John the Baptist, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then he left there and moved to Capernaum, uh, beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. Now try saying that even like twice, like that, that's, that's a fun, I worked on that. Uh, this, this fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah, in the land of Zebulun, you can say it with me, or uh, Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins, turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. He called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Father, we thank you for this passage and, and really for this service where we get to meet with you and be with each other. And now as we're looking into your word and we, we're just, we, we know that your presence is here, we know your spirit is active in this room already, but we do pray that you would illuminate this, you'd be speaking to our hearts now. You'd get me out of the way, but that really you'd be speaking to all of us so we, we open up our, our, our ears, we open up our hearts to receive this from you, to be challenged and not to leave the same way we came in and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. And so you're going to see that as we're in this, in this passage, if you wanted a little context for, for Matthew, in, in the New Testament, when we open it up, Matthew would be the first gospel account we see. John the Baptist, he comes first to prepare the way. What's amazing when Jesus starts to preach here and he says, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. We're seeing that just in the previous chapter when John the Baptist, he came into the Judean wilderness and began preaching, his message was, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. They're preaching the same message. John prepared the way for Jesus and now Jesus is sharing this and he's bringing disciples along too as we just read. This repentance, this is something where it's a couple things really. It's a change of mind. And so imagine, we've looked at this before, where imagine you're actually, you're going in this direction. And when you hear this, this from God and you, you sense that God is calling you, just even in general, that you have a change of mind, but then you also change direction. And so repentance, it, it means a couple things. Part of it is a change of mind, but the Hebrew term really means to turn around. But again, if you're, if you're going this direction, imagine that you sense that God is calling you in this direction. You're turning from sin, but not to nothing. You're turning and going towards God. You're, you have a, a new direction in life. It's where 
you are, are choosing and, and you're actually proposing, I'm going to obey and serve God now. I was serving myself and I was actually enslaved to sin, but now I'm turning from that because God's calling me to something else. You have a change of heart and mind and then a change in direction. That's repentance. Repentance isn't necessarily on a big board and someone's standing up uh, and, and yelling at you in, in the streets. That, that might be part of it. That's, that's not really the same that, that John and Jesus were, were preaching to people, but it was actually an invitation. Uh, change your mind. Be changed. Turn from this. This is leading to, to nothing. This is leading actually to, to something, to death. But if you turn here, this is going to lead you towards life. And we know that God is the source of all life. And so it's turning to him, not just turning from something, but turning to someone to be changed, to obey, and to serve him. And then as he's talking about turning to God for the kingdom of heaven is near, if you look at the asterisks in, in many Bibles, it'll take you down where it's explaining by kingdom of heaven, in, in, some, uh, in, in some gospel accounts, it's, it's kingdom of God. So you might see kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, somewhat interchangeable. When he says it is near, it means it has come or is coming. Well, how can it be both? Well, Jesus himself announcing it means it's, it's near. It's as near as Jesus is. And so he's coming. And what this really means, what people would have heard in this first century would have been that this really means the Messiah's reign, God's rule, where God's will is done completely. And that's what we pray. We pray that his will would be done completely. And so it's as near as people are ready to obey and submit to the rule of God. That's the kingdom of heaven being. Near. It has come and it is coming. It's both. And it's because of how close Jesus is. Well, I know some of you, you've realized if, if you've heard me uh, teach and, and preach over the years, I'm still kind of new at this, but sometimes I start with Bible study. I don't know about you. Any people here, you love to, to study your Bible. You love to get in and underline. You know you're allowed to underline. And even digitally, you can run your finger across or you can hold it down in U version and you can make notes. And uh, sometimes I'll go through a passage and, and there's yellow highlighted and then there's blue and then there's, there's green if it has to do with money. And then, there, you know, you have your own systems. Uh, you don't have to steal mine. But when I'm in, in my own Bible, quite often I'll start underlining things. What I did this week, I took this passage, and, and this is the fancy digital part. Uh, in the mornings now, I'm, I'm, I'm using like paper, and I'm using this, but in the week, I use both. And so what I did is uh, on the iPad, I, I, had the, uh, I had the passage like on one page where I could take the Apple Pencil, and I could underline, and I could write. Now, th this is scary when, when a preacher starts alliterating using the same, seeing the same letters and then using it. This is where I nerded out a bit. I saw all these words that began with R. They weren't necessarily jumping off the page right away, but I just need, I just need to get this off my chest so you understand, and you can, you can study this too. You, you with me? All right. I'm going to share them all. And there's, and there's more, and if you share another one with me after, I'll give you bonus points and I'll include it in 11 a.m., Okay. Okay, so there's returns because Jesus returned to Galilee. That's one, someone's keeping, a, a, keeping track of this. There's return to Galilee. There's the region, and river, unfortunately, is the only one that doesn't begin in R-E. That's R-I, by the way, if you can spell. Uh, but the region of Zebulun and, and Naphtali, right, beyond the Jordan River, there, there's a couple more R's, revealed because a light has shined and the kingdom of heaven is, is near. It's been revealed to us. Repent and rethink that, that turn, that change of mind, that new direction. 
What about redeem and reclaim? Because God, it's, it's a matter of turning to God. He's repurposing you, right? And, and that comes up to request and the recruit, the come, follow me, repurpose. And ready is to prepare people to fish for people. They were fishing for fish. I know, stay with me. Uh, but now they're going to fish for people. Uh, what about real? One, one pair of brothers, they're reeling in the nets, whereas others are repairing the nets. I know there's lots of ours. A couple more. Respond. They have the opportunity to respond to what Jesus is saying and then receive that invitation. They're responding by following him and they're receiving by taking him at that invitation. That's a lot of ours. Anyone count? I don't know. There's a lot. But immediately, the whole point of this is that immediately, what did they do? They left their nets. They left their boats. Even that last pair of brothers left their father. Why? To follow Jesus. They ended up Now some some might say by the way that remember the story of of Andrew, Andrew was the first person to come and see in John's account. Remember, we're in Matthew's now. And then what happened? Well, he brought his brother along. Who was that? Simon, now also known as Peter. We've heard this a lot, but he had the opportunity to come and see and then become a believer, to become a disciple. Well, all of a sudden here, we didn't get the backstory in Matthew's gospel yet. But because we've seen the whole context, many commentators, many people would say that this isn't necessarily the first encounter that they've had with Jesus, but here is when Jesus is actually saying, now I have a new purpose for you. Do you see the difference? So initially in John's gospel, it was just to start with come and see. And then what happened is when, when Simon came to Jesus, Jesus looks at him and says, yeah, your name is Simon. Remember, that's his Hebrew name and it means read, something that kind of moves in the water. But your name is going to be called Cephas or Peter, which is the Greek and it's, it's rock hard, right? And so there's a purpose change. He has a new identity. And all of a sudden now we're looking at in this third, chair, he becomes a, a worker. He has the opportunity. He was fishing for a living, and now he's being called to fish for people. And so they take him at his word, and so even if they, they just knew the promise and they understood that this is probably the Messiah, I'm going with him, whatever, whatever he asks for me. So at, by the end of this story, they go from sitting in the boat to walking with Jesus, and so that's the point of today is that we need to get out of the boat. We need to stop just sitting in the boat, repairing our nets or, or throwing them out and just seeing what we catch to. No, God has a different purpose for us. So we need to actually get out of the boat. And, and this is what I think as I was studying this this week and reflecting. I think that following Jesus is believing that what you're moving toward is greater than what you're leaving behind. Do you believe that? That, that if you're going to follow Jesus... Following him is much greater than what you're leaving behind. Even though it might be difficult, it's much greater to follow him. And it's part of that change of direction. And so some would say that it wasn't just their sin, but that call to repentance that these guys hear, uh, they were doing one thing. And some of them, they were doing their father's business or, or still literally with their father and doing his business. Nothing wrong with that. They're fishing for people, but God's given them a chance to turn around and actually take up a whole new purpose in life. That is part of repentance. We think of it as only turning from sin, but it's, it's simply changing direction. It's changing course. And this is, is a change of course for these guys. Now, we looked a couple weeks ago at the, at the time, the night when Jesus was betrayed and then everything happened where he was denied, he was abandoned. What did the guys do after what we would call Good Friday? Well, the fishermen went back to their boats. They went back to fishing. 
Not for long because Jesus met them there, but, but they actually turn back to their old ways, to their old job. But in this, they're turning for the first time. They're proposing to obey Jesus. When he says, follow me, not just follow me, it means follow and obey me, right? But follow me, be my disciple. I'm gonna show you how to fish for people. It was particular to these guys, but it's something that we can learn from as well. And they're believing that what they're leaving behind is, is actually going to be okay because who they're following, uh, they can trust him as we were just singing. Uh, your promise still stands. You know, has he ever let you down? Well, they, they can see now uh, w- when they see basically their, their whole life that Jesus has never let them down. Although there was a moment where they felt like it was all lost and then Jesus is raised from the dead by the mighty power of God. And so they can see that now he's never let us down. And so in this moment, they might not know for sure. They're just trusting in a promise. But here they are. So as I was reading this week, there's this guy, Brad Lominick. He has this word about calling. This is one form of calling. And so I, I thought this was a great definition. He says that a calling in, in, in our sense of the, of the term, something that God is calling us to, it's God's personal invitation for me to work on his agenda using the talents I've been given in ways that are eternally significant. I think that's the most concise kind of version of, of calling that I've ever heard. It's God's personal invitation for me to work on his agenda using talents I've been given in ways that are eternally significant. Now, sometimes it's the natural abilities you might already possess. Sometimes uh, those are, are actually uh, something that needs to be trained and, and kind of uh, forged, if you will. And other times it's even the spiritual gifts that, that he, he gives us, sometimes in a moment, uh, and sometimes we're, we're praying that that'll come. Uh, but, but this whole idea is that there's a personal invitation we're witnessing as we're looking at this passage. But I want us to personalize it because for some of us, we have had a really clear calling. And for others, we're like, I, I don't know that it, there's ever been like a, a light shone down around me and I've heard God's voice audibly. It's not always like that either. For some, it might be, uh, have I ever heard God kind of whisper or speak into my heart or just make something clear? For others, they might, seem, they might feel like that is mystical too. But I want you to consider because as we're going to talk about serving as, as a next step in calling, uh, there's a few different angles of it. So I can remember, uh, you know, I was about 16 years old and I was at Riverside Camp and I came forward to an, an altar much like we have at the front of our church. Uh, it was a moment where I had been coming to see Jesus, but then there was a moment where, no, I believe in him. I feel like he's calling me to be his disciple. And in that moment, not only would I say that's the moment where I truly became a follower of Jesus, but I also felt a call into ministry. I'm still understanding and unpacking what that means, but over 20 years ago, this happened to me, and I didn't know the whole story. I didn't know the whole picture, um, but it was at a, a time in my life where I was about to finish high school, and I needed to make some choices. Well, the choice was somewhat made for me that at least I'm going to follow Jesus wherever he's leading. So my particular call, um, I definitely felt called into ministry, but I didn't know that it was called into this exact position. I just kind of went on a journey, and I'll, I'll probably unpack a little bit about that. But what I felt at the time is that God actually calls all Christians, anyone who's going to be a disciple, he actually calls all of us to some form of serving, to some form of ministry. For some of us, it might be our full time, uh, you know, we're, we're paid to do this. For some, it might be that you still have a, a side job, even the apostle 
Paul was making tents and doing things like that as he was traveling along and, and doing things. But, but for some, it would be that you actually have another job, and that's fine, and, and God's going to use you there too, but you're still going to serve in his kingdom. And so this is an idea. The, the word calling in Greek is klesios, uh, whereas it sounds really similar to the word for church, which is ecclesia, which is the called out ones. And so there's this sense that all of us who make up the church, all of us are called, at least called out. And what this means is we're called out from the world and into the kingdom, being God's kingdom, and into service. So all of us, by being called out, we're called out of the world. And remember what we were saying about the kingdom earlier. It's where God's will is done completely. And so if you're a disciple, you want to be someone who you're submitting to the rule of Jesus. And you want to see that done completely in the world as he's, he's setting up his kingdom. It's, it's both near. It, it has come and it is coming. And we're right in the midst of that. And so the church, it, it really makes sense for us to be people who are, are called out, called out out of the world and into a kingdom, the kingdom of God, and into his service. As you turn a few pages in your Bible, a little bit later in, in Matthew, in chapter 9, uh, Jesus is telling his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. And so what he's saying is, there is a need for people to be in, in chair number three. There's a great need for this because there's so many people who need the opportunity to come and see so many people who need the opportunity to believe, to trust in Jesus, to, pl to trust in, in how he's calling them, to become a, a follower in the first place, and then to move into this place to, to actually serve and to work, and not just to stay there. Obviously, we want to go over here. We want to be disciple makers, people who are helping people on this journey. Jesus is saying to his disciples, pray. This is a, a form of prayer. And I know some of you are already praying this, and um, what, what's really cool about this is this week I had the opportunity to facilitate a conversation of a few pastors on the district and many of us are in different groups like this and there's some material that we work through and, and in my group we always make sure to pray at the end and so uh, so I have people as, as far as Maine and, and Nova Scotia but I also have uh, my friend Jason who's pastoring at Corbett Church and so he and I we, we got to pray together with our group we got to share some different things some some praise reports of what God's up to and then and then some of the areas where we we need to see him continue to work and, and to answer prayer. After the, the main call was done, Jason and I stayed on to talk a little bit. So we shared with each other the things that God's doing. So here I'm sharing about people are taking their, their next step, whatever that might be, whether it's getting baptized or coming into membership, beginning to serve, upping their giving, whatever it is that God is calling people to. So we were sharing this, and he's sharing how God's really moving in Barker's Point as well. And some of you know that's where I got my start. And so we were praying together, and, and one of the needs that they have is, is they need workers too. And so not only are we talking about it here, but this is a theme across the church, and, and even in a church only five or so minutes away. And so as Jesus challenged his disciples to pray because there's, there's so few workers, we actually need people to serve. There, God is doing a great thing. 
and we need more people involved, simply put. And so even if you don't take my word for it in this exact location, could you please, could we continue to pray for our friends at Corbett? We're part of the same kingdom, by the way, not just the same denomination, but we're part of the kingdom of God, which is, it has come, it is coming, and there's a great need. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So would you pray to the Lord, who's over all of that, that his rule, that his will would be completely done as it is in heaven. And that's it. That's our prayer. As you look in the wall in the lobby, you can see that we're praying. Uh, we love our city and what we do. We, we not only pray for them, but we're praying that really may your kingdom come and may your will be done as it is in heaven. Would it be done in Fredericton as it is in heaven? But remember what I said just a few months ago. What if it started in our, in our heart? What if, it, what if we prayed May your will be done in my heart as it is in heaven. Wouldn't that radically transform one person? And then what if you said in, in my marriage or in my home or whatever, wouldn't that transform where you live? What about in my neighborhood? What about in this church? What about in our city? And let's not stop there. But what if we really made that prayer practical? And so what Jesus is sharing is that there is a need for more people to get into chair number three. We actually need workers because we need people to help to serve one another on this journey to become disciples. Not just to become a disciple maker, but really to become closer to Jesus. And so as we're looking at these guys being called, they were going in, in one direction. And so imagine that they're, they're fishing for people again, and they have this opportunity to have a change of mind and a change of direction. Maybe you've already repented in general. Maybe you've already had a change of course, but what if God is calling you to something else? So what I would propose to you is that perhaps as we've seen in the past and we'll continue to see, sometimes God calls someone in our very church to, to kind of grow up, to be called out of this church, and we want to celebrate that. Sometimes it's to raise up people to, to remain here, but to call them to a different level of, of service. Wouldn't we pray that that, that would be the case? Uh, wouldn't it be great to see how God calls both people into full-time service and even into to missionary work, uh, but also into serving with kids and serving with youth and, and, and holding the front door? Would, isn't that all part of the kingdom of God? And so this is the in-between that we've looked at is that we've noticed that something begins to happen and, and it actually kind of starts at C2, but we, we believe that uh, when you get to this point, you realize that Jesus is the king. And so in obedience to him, you're realizing he's the king. I love my king. It can't stop there. You need to start to love the things and the people that he loves, which is the church. You are the people of God. He loves you dearly. You need to love one another. Jesus loves you, and he loves your neighbor too. And so even if it rhymes, you need to love the things and the people that he loves. And imagine if we were a church who, who was committed to doing that, it's going to eventually leak out and expand so that we're loving our city. And so this is what we see as a church is that this is part of what God is, is just illuminating to us to be a part of, of how he is moving in our midst and in our, in our community. To love the things and the people your king loves. And so there's opportunities to serve. Uh, we're not going to exhaust the list, but there, there's this uh, digital way you can do it even from home. Uh, for those of you in the room, you can do it in the lobby afterwards. We're going to highlight just a few things. These are opportunities to love and serve each other. So in CP Kids, we love our CB Kids. I stole these chairs from our CB Kids, but I will give them back. They, they need them uh, more than I do. But 
uh, we love our CP kids, and so from from checking in in the lobby to to someone being a leader, someone who's willing to to walk with kids and, and to even teach them nursery, we we always have a need there. We just helpers in general, uh, you know, fill in the blank on what that might mean. Uh, in youth, we we're looking at at new youth leaders, and so that might be an area where you want to serve. In this coming year, we're going to have so many CP kids kind of graduate out of out of elementary school and move into middle school, what a time. Well, we need people prepared for that even now as, the, as they're getting ready to, to move. We, we call it leveling up because they're leveling up into the next grade and into the next part of ministry. And so we need that. For worship tech, the things that you don't see, uh, but, but the things that, that are evidenced by what you actually see is, is only because there's people running sound and, and media would be running slides and, and so much more, lights and the, the camera action. Uh, video switching is another part so that we can have our online service. We need more people. We need to be able to spread it out. Um, we need to do that. Frontline is the area from, from the parking lot to door greeting, um, making coffee, um, all of those things, the hello desk, and, and there's so many more opportunities. Uh, even groups, as we're starting to expand, we're giving opportunities for community. There's groups that already exist, and there's more that need to exist. So people that are willing to host, people that are willing to, to lead these two, sometimes that's two different people or two different groups. Uh, some people are quite willing to open their home and others are, are quite willing to facilitate discussion and prayer. Missions, local outreach especially, there's always a need in our community. And so we need to know who can we call in. There, there's so much uh, need, but the workers are few. And so would you pray? So part of what I'm asking you to do is, as Jesus asked his disciples, pray. Pray to the Lord who's over the harvest that he would send workers out. But, but you can answer that prayer. You can actually answer that prayer even today by being part of that answer. But I would ask this, at the very least, other than, than signing up afterwards or, or even now online, where do you see a need? More particularly, what is God calling you to? Because if he's speaking to you even now or, or it's already clear, uh, let him be the one challenging you. And so the way I've been thinking of it as we're getting ready to wrap up, the team is going to come back to, to lead us. Uh, but I was thinking wh- whether it's the, the gospel call or, or whether it's sometimes people's view of, of Christianity in general. I, I just want to make something clear that it's, it's not about choosing to follow advice. It's actually about being called to follow a king. Jesus is the king and he's, he's actually calling us out of the world and into his kingdom where his will, his rule would be done completely. We, we want to trust that. We want to see that happen, not only to pray that that happens, but actually be a part of what he's calling us to do. And so we're, we're actually called to follow a king first and foremost and to obey and serve him. But as we begin to, to love the things and the people that he loves, we understand that we also have to serve one another. As I was reading and, and in closing, I read um, in one of the commentaries, just, just thinking about this, the, the radical demand of the kingdom of God is to let go of all human resources, sources of security, all human aspirations, and to embrace wholehearted obedience to God. 
Again, these guys, they, they believed that what they were moving towards and who they were moving towards was much greater than what they were leaving behind. In order to take on a new thing, maybe you have to let go of something. But if God's calling you to it, I would encourage you to have an open hand to let go of the thing that you already have in order to take on what God is calling you to. Some of these things, they, they might seem so small, but they are significant in the kingdom. Others might seem so big that you're going to need support, you're going to need us to come around to encourage you and to pray and to equip you to do these things. But I would challenge you to put down your nets, to get out of the boat, to follow Jesus. Father, we thank you for this time and the example of, of these two pairs of brothers and for your ministry, for your preaching, to call these guys out of what they were doing, for them to change course, change direction, to become people who are, are fishers of, of people. Really what you're saying is we, you need workers. You need people to participate in your ministry. It's in your plans for your kingdom to be built here on earth. And so as you're calling people now, would we be willing first to 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 leave it behind to follow you, but as we're following you to, to grow in love for one another and the things and the people that you love. And so we would be a people who we, we love our king, we love our, our church, and it doesn't stay there. We, we continue to serve in our city, but we, we do see a need for workers here and in so many churches just like this one. And so we're praying now, would you be sending, would you be calling people, even in our midst now, would you call us to greater things for your purpose, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen.